I had two or three today tell me, give me where you're going to be preaching at before you get there where I can find it. So, turn to Genesis chapter 20. And we'll start there. And then find Deuteronomy uh, chapter 8. I'd like to go there. I was reading and studying yesterday, and I started reading through the Bible again, and I got up to here and uh, just studying Abraham's life. And I, I knew that there had to be something that there was there that I was missing, and I got the biggest blessing out of studying this chapter. So if you would, please, I'd like to have prayer, and we'll study this chapter for a minute. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for watching over us and keeping us. We thank you for health and strength and, and the way you keep us going, Lord. You, if it wasn't for your help and your blessings on us, Lord, we just couldn't make it. But you're so good to us. And we thank you for it. And we thank you, Lord, that these that sick and cannot be here, that you bless their bodies and take care of them. But we ask you for a special spiritual blessing here tonight. Now, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Several years ago, we were sitting down talking to some of our friends, and, uh, these two buddies of mine we went to junior high school with, and uh, one of them said about the other one, why, he loves me so much I could slap him in the face and he'd still love me. I said, don't try it, he'll knock your head off. But uh, what I want to talk to you about is circumstances changes things. And I want you to see this, uh, if you would please. We say in our own minds, I'll serve the Lord no matter what. Well, that's the same thing Peter said too. But he denied the Lord when the circumstances were right. So if you look at uh, Genesis chapter 2, I'd like just to read a little bit, beginning in verse 1. And Abraham journeyed from thence towards the south country and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and sojourned in Gerah. And Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerah, went, sent and took her, Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, there art but a dead man for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her. And he said, Lord, will thou slay also a righteous nation? Said he not unto me, She is my sister? And she even herself said, He is my brother? In the integrity of my heart and innocency of my hands have I done this. God said unto him in a dream, Yeah, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart, for I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. Now therefore restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, Know thou that thou shalt surely die, thou and all that are thine. Therefore Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all his servants and told all these things in their ears. And the men were so afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said unto him, What hast thou 
what hast thou done unto us? And what have I offended thee? That thou hast brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin. Thou hast done deeds unto me that ought not to be done. And Abimelech said unto Abraham, What sawest thou that thou hast done this thing? And Abraham said, Because I thought surely the fear of the God is not in this place, and they will slay me for my wife's sake. And yet indeed she is my sister, she is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. And it came to pass, when God caused me to wander from my father's house, that I said unto her, This is thy kindness which thou shalt show unto me. At every place where we shall come, say of me, He is my brother. And Abimelech took sheep and oxen and men's service and women's service and gave them unto Abraham and restored him Sarah his wife. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before thee. Dwell where it pleases thee. And unto Sarah he said, Behold, I have given thy brother a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, he is to thee a covering of the eyes. And all that are with thee, and with all other, thus she was reproved. So Abraham prayed unto God, and God healed Abimelech, and his wife, and his maidservants, and they bare children. For the Lord had fast closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Father, I ask for wisdom now, the Holy Spirit, that we might hear and understand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Verses 2, 11, and 12 is very important here. Here is Abraham's deception is the picture of a man's heart. He's not a young Christian. Abraham here in this story is not a young Christian doing wrong now. He's an experienced old child of God. What I mean by that, he's uh, he's been a child of God for a long time. This was a child of God backsliding. There are several things that we can learn here. Number one is, this is the second time Abraham has committed this same sin, which means Abraham never really fully confessed this as sin to God and got rid of it. Same as most of us today, we can never really know what's in one's heart until circumstances brings it out. Peter never thought he could ever deny the Lord until the circumstances changed. Peter said, Though all forsake thee, not I, but Peter was strong in many ways, but Satan knows our weaknesses. I heard an old preacher preach years ago, and he used this phrase. He, knew, he said, the, the devil knows what string of yours to pull. And that's the truth. Uh, what aggravates you or what uh, might get you out of the will of God and not serve the Lord like you ought to, not being the Christian you ought to be, uh, that same thing that would keep you from serving the Lord, I wouldn't pay that no mind. I mean, I just, but the same thing with me, what I count uh, that uh, could get me might get you. And the devil knows exactly how to get you. Now, here's the thing. You can't never really know your heart until you put in the right circumstances. Now again, it took 40 years of wandering in the wilderness to teach the children of Israel what was in their hearts. Now go to Deuteronomy just a second. 
just turn forward a little bit to Deuteronomy chapter 8. I want to read verses 2 and verse 3. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thy heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord doeth man live. Now, the whole thing, God sent the children of Israel through the wilderness and through the wilderness journey and through the things they had to go through for one reason, that they might know, God already knows, that they might know what's in their heart. We make boasts of things, we see people doing things, and we say, we never do that. Well, you don't know till you put it in the right circumstances. In 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 9, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead. If you go back now to Deuteronomy chapter 8, in verses 2 and 3, you'll find that God let them go through these things that they might know. And then he ends the chapter, I mean, verse 3, by we're not to live by bread only. We're to live by the Word of God all the time. Now, God lets us go through times of discipline so that we might know how, to, uh, how weak and of nothing we really are. We need to cling to Christ and His Word. And again, we have no more religion, no more faith, than we have in times of trouble. Now, the, the easy, it's easy to trust God when everything's going well. But well, what about when you lose your loved one, or you lose your job, or you lose your marriage, your marriage breaks up, or you lose a child of God, or a child of God, or your own child, or, or you one of your children go wrong. Uh, what about then? Now, how often we fail when we're tested. And so don't condemn Abraham. We're in the same fix. Look at the perfect man, Christ Jesus our Lord. Look at his heart. Every time Jesus was in distress, his heart overflowed with perfection. When he was hungry and tempted by the devil to supply his body and his needs, he said, "We don't live by uh, everyday life. We live by we don't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God." That's what Jesus said to the devil. Notice at the well, uh, Jesus was tired from his travels. But he was not so tired that he could tell the words of grace to the Samaritan woman. When Jesus was reviled, he reviled not again. On the cross, Jesus prayed for forgiveness for those who nailed him to the cross. He also had time to save a, a repentant thief. He also had time to provide for his mother. He had time to yield his spirit up to the Father. Although he was dying, he still kept his heart right. Now here's what this whole thing is about. You better guard your heart. Amen. Abraham and Sarah uh, compacted together, made a, 
uh, packed together to show the weakness of their faith in God's power to take care of them. This same kind of weakness is in most of us. People trust God to save them. But what about everyday life? What about our bodies when they get wore out and tired? Our daily lives? How can we trust Him then? Now the marvelous grace of God is demonstrated here. God did not cast off Abraham and Sarah for doing this sin. God only did uh, not cast off Abraham, but he, exceeded, he interceded for him with his enemies. Go back now to Genesis, and I, I love this part of it. In Genesis, I, I love it all, but especially uh, this part right here, if I can show it to you. In Genesis chapter 20, and look with me please in verse, 20, uh, verse 3. Genesis 20 and verse 3. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man, for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. Every time I read that, Abraham sinned against God. Abraham did a terrible thing here. He almost got a whole country destroyed for sinning against God. But God still interceded for him and told Abimelech, uh, you better watch out, he's still a man of God. He's still mine. Keep your hand off of him. Here's a perfect proof that God has complete control of all our creatures, all of his creatures. God moves men around as he will. God impresses men's mind to do his will. Proverbs 21 verse 1, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever so he will. Now go back, please, to Genesis chapter 20 and verse 6. And God said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that thou didst this in integrity of thy heart, for I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffer I thee not to touch her. The question is often asked, why didn't God stop Adam from sinning in the Garden of Eden? Now the answer has to be, God permitted sin to enter the world by Adam to show God's marvelous grace that every opportunity a sinner comes to him for salvation because God draws them to himself. We don't get saved on our own. I'm a sinner saved by God's grace. In other words, God draws me to him. God let sin enter this world to show the, the devil and the world that he's in control. Amen? And he brings who he will to be saved. Now, I want you to watch it. Genesis chapter 20, verse 8 and 9. Therefore, Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all his servants and told all these things in their ears, and the men were so afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham. Wait a minute. It's called in the same fellow up here that said he sinned against them and causing them the trouble. I laughed at the man I was talking to this morning. I wasn't going to say his name, but his name's Eddie. He come over, he come over there talking to me this morning. He said, uh, I used to go to the Catholic Church before I got saved. When I was 12 years old, he said, I'd go in there and I'd sit down as a 12-year-old boy and I'd confess to him that... Uh, I told a lie and I cheated on my paper and he said I'd tell him everything I did wrong and then I'd walk out and, and the, the man behind the curtain would tell me 
Now I do seven cell Marys or whatever and light ten candles and you'll be fine. And he said, I walked out there one day at a 12-year-old boy and I thought my heart. That ain't nothing but a man behind. Why am I telling him everything? He can't take care of it. And you know that's the truth. But watch this. Abraham... You sinned against these people. You did the greatest thing in the world. You claimed your wife or your sister just to protect you. And you lost your faith in God that God couldn't take care of you. And God still, down in verse 8, said, Yeah, but He's still my prophet. Amen? Isn't that great? Listen to me just a minute. One last thing here in this chapter. Notice the difference in the way God looks at a child of God and his sins. In the way the lost looks at a child of God's sins. Now, here's restraining grace. Here's illuminating grace. Here's directing grace. God calls Abraham a prophet still. God still says his prayer I heard. Look at verse 7. Now therefore restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet. And he shall pray for thee. You know what I'm, what I'm getting at here is? We all make mistakes. We all do things we know is not right, and we do them anyhow. And sometimes, I honestly, I get on my knees, and I said, Lord, why have you put up with me? I mean, I know better, and yet I find myself doing what I ought not to do, and still you answer my prayers. Boy, I'm glad of that. Because we make mistakes all the time, Amen. All Abimelech saw in Abraham was he was a liar. But God saw in Abraham Christ Jesus. The Bible says there is a difference now. There, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. You know what the Bible teaches? Satan goes before the throne of God every day accusing you. You make one mistake, the devil's right there to accuse you before the Father. But Jesus is there for you also. And He intercedes for you. And He says, yeah, but He's still my son. Amen. The child of God is always under the protection of God. He's under the reproof of God. But He's also under the honor of God. There's a mark of God. It's tender mercy with sinful man. God often permits us to be rebuked by the world for our good. God is always better to us than we deserve. That's what this whole story is about. And every time I read it, now I get a thrill out of it. We we was also talking this morning about reading the Bible through. And I've read it so many times now that uh, sometime I'll be reading along and I know what's coming. I, I already read it. I know what's coming. And so the the deception of the devil is skip over that. Go on to something else. You know what that's going to say. How many times have you ever read the 23rd Psalm? I can quote you the 23rd Psalm word by word. And I've studied it from one end to the other. And the devil, every time I turn to the 23rd Psalm, well, you didn't know you read that. You would know that. Go to something else. No. Because I found something. Every time I read it, there's something new there. Every time there's a blessing. If nothing else, it's just a blessing from reading it. And I find every time. 
God loves me. And I'm still His children. Although I make mistakes, I say things I ought not to say, I do things I ought not to do, I still thank God He answered my prayers. And I still can pray for people and know that God's going to hear me. That's the grace of God. Amen? And what a wonderful story when you really get to the bottom of it, what is taught there. Glad I'm saved tonight, aren't you? Y'all got any chicken? I'm hungry. You know what I was nicknamed in when I played basketball in high school? Hungry. Ronnie Booth said, spell it. I said, I can't spell hungry. Amen? Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, You're so good to us. And You watch over us. And about the time we're ready to give up and ready to quit, it just seemed like nothing's working. Nothing good is happening. just seemed like there's bad stuff on every hand. Your grace is sufficient. And You come back blessing us and reminding us that we belong to You. Blessings come from on high, not from the troubles around us. We can learn so much from everyday living if we'll just watch you at work. We ask you to bless us tonight. Go with us and watch over our families. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was coming to church, I think it was, either this morning or tonight, and I was telling my wife, can you imagine what God has done for us since we've been saved, how He's moved us around and blessed us on every hand. And he, he, you have to, if you really think about it, you have to give the God the glory because you can look back on it and see how God moves you around and takes care of you. And what a joy it is to be a child of God. Tell somebody about Him this week, please. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you, ma'am.